Welcome to Victory Church. Today is our worship service number 170, December 29, 2019, the last service of 2019. Let's stand up. Let's give thanks to our good Lord. Father, we love you. We adore you. We thank you for your love and your mercy. Receive the songs that we have for you, Lord. Receive our hearts, and we give you everything, Lord, with all our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to this morning's service. We are excited to be here. We are going to praise the Lord. We are excited to be here. Heaven thundered and the world was born. Life begins and the dust you form.
So much gratitude we are here today ending 2019 Lord we are just a few hours to close one more year in the calendar of our lives you have been so faithful to us Lord through the year Lord we went through so much some of us through health difficulties Lord accidents Many inconveniences with work in our families, Lord. But Lord, you saved us. Some of us, Lord, lost jobs. Some of us, Lord, lost family members, friends. But you saved us, you helped us, you provided for us, Lord. You have been so faithful, Father. Father, we bow down before you, Lord, with fear, with respect and gratitude to thank you for 2019, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for all your mercies. Thank you, Lord God, for the most amazing gift, the gift of our salvation. We know, Lord, that in your mercy, you forgive us. In your mercy, Lord, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ is enough to wash away all our sins. Thank you, Lord, for the miracle of being forgiven, accepted by you, Lord. We walk by faith, Lord, getting one step more closer to you this time, Lord. 
Father, we embrace 2020 with so much hope and so much faith in you, Lord. Trusting, Lord God, in your mercies and your compassions. Because you are good, Lord. You are wonderful. You did it, Lord. You did it, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You have done wonderful things for us, Lord. We worship you, God. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, for your provision. Thank you for our families. Thank you, Lord, for all the wonderful things you gave us this year, Lord. We are so grateful, Lord. So grateful, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Father, can you please pour down more of your Holy Spirit right now upon us? I want more of your presence, Lord. More of your anointing. More of your Holy Spirit. More of you in me, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful gift. The gift of your presence among us. Thank you, Lord. You do it, Lord. And we worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Healing into our bodies. We claim that healing. Receive your healing right now. Lift up your hands and just say, I claim my healing. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. I'm strong. I'm strong. I am wise. I am blessed. In the name of Jesus, I am free. I am loved. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, thank you. We love you, Lord, with all our hearts. Amen. We are going to worship the Lord now through our contributions. And for our viewers, we invite you to go to the website, thechurch.us, and uh, you can also send a text message to the number 2, I'm sorry, 432-268-0007. Thank you for the time that you are investing watching this video from Victory Church. We hope that you will enjoy it. The topic of today is seven times on the seventh. And I want to know, how many of you like baseball? You know, I grew up playing baseball. And uh, I, I think it's one of the most wonderful sports because even though you can be very individual, you know, play your own thing, you have to be part of a team. So you learn the concept of playing as a team player, correct? Also, there is a rival, of course, you have somebody to play with, but there is not just too much close interaction that you will be beating each other, you know? And for a skinny guy like me, you know, that is a plus. <laughs> because otherwise, you know, those guys, refrigerator guys, you know what I'm talking about? Imagine playing football with them and I go, boing, you know? We'll be bouncing like a little kid. The seven times on the seventh is a title that I wanted to uh, kind of get your attention to it. But in reality, it has not much to do with baseball. It has to do with the walls of Jericho. However, 
For my friends watching, we want to invite you to download the bulletin in the website and join us in this interesting study. The video that you are about to watch is uh, something in reference to a wonderful picture, Mariano Rivera. And uh, just enjoy it. Into center field for Bernie Williams. The basket catch to end the eighth inning. Padres need base runners to get the tying run up there. Ground ball to Jeter. The flip for one on the first. The double play, 6-4-3, and the Yankees are one out away. The starter of tonight's game is Sweeney, grounds to third. Brocious, fittingly with a throw, the Yankees have done it again. Number 24. They are the world champions of baseball in 1998. To the second baseman, Cano. The Yankees are back on top. World champions for the 27th time. He is the most dominant relief pitcher in the history of baseball. And more than that, he has lived the American dream and shines as an example of American greatness for all to see. Today we present our nation's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, to American baseball legend, maybe the greatest pitcher of all time. It's a big argument, is he the greatest pitcher or the greatest reliever? Well, the reliever we want, uh, but there's a real question, he may be the greatest pitcher the history of baseball, Mariano Rivera. When you hear the stats, you'll understand exactly why I say that. And for me, it's an honor and a privilege to receive this award, this Medal of Freedom, which I mean, uh, uh, all I do is try to be the best and, and do the best for, the, for America. You know, one thing that I have to remark is one remark. When I came here in 1990, I came to Tampa, didn't spoke no English. I mean, I didn't, spoke, I didn't speak now. Forget about 1990. <laughs> So sweet his remark. Well, I didn't speak then. I don't speak it now. <laughs> Imagine in 1990s. But the result of his campaigns, the results of his efforts were wonderful. You know, many people all the time ask you, you know, when they see you doing good, some people ask you, how that happened to you? You know? And some people have the wrong idea that it's your luck. You know, you're lucky. Have you heard that? Some people are, you're so lucky. Well, there is no such a thing as luck. You know that. The scripture in Proverbs 21, 31 very clearly states, you can prepare your horses for battle, but only the Lord can give you the victory. Now, this verse is very powerful, guys. Why? Because it has two sections. The first one, the first one is about you prepare yourself and everything you need to prepare in order to go to battle, correct? You have to. Whatever is what you do, you need to prepare yourself. You need to take your time. How are you going to approach the problem or resolve the problem? You have to do your part, but the one who gives you the victory is the Lord. We agree on that. This is a nice slide that I want to put uh, on Facebook one of these days. It says, God does what he says we'll do when we do what he told us to do. 
which is the big challenge that we have all the time. The Lord is telling us what to do. Some of us don't do it. We don't do what he is telling us, but we expect that he will do his part. And you know, it, there is no such a thing. It, it has to be a balance between we obeying and then he does his part. This image is the image of the Jericho walls, the one that you see in the screen. This original. Actually, a missionary took this picture. He has been there several times. Jericho exists, existed. And in the book of Joshua, we see different uh, aspects of this story, starting in verse number, chapter 1 forward. And you have in your bulletin some of the, the quotes there. But basically, listen to what the Lord is telling to Joshua. I will give you all the land wherever you go. No one will be able to stop you all your life. I will not abandon you. You must lead these people so that they can take their land. You must be strong and brave about what? About obeying my commands. If you obey my commands exactly, you will be successful in everything you do. That's the promise. Well, in the chapter 2 forward, we know that Joshua sent two spies to Jericho. And you know what happened? There was there a prostitute, Rahab. And this woman told them, people here know that God is with you. So she took care of these two spies and, and was uh, protecting him. Put him somewhere, in, in, I believe it was upstairs, somewhere. I can't remember where, but he was hiding these this spies. And she said, I will protect you, but promise me one thing, that you will help me when you come to conquer this land. Listen, probably you don't see your life this way, but I want you to know that people around you notice that God is with you. Maybe you don't see it that way. Perhaps you are even thinking, am I really blessed? Do I have really the support of God in my life? Sometimes we feel that way. But you know what you do? And people are looking at you, like Rahab in this case, looking at the spies, and she said, oh, I know, God is with you guys. God is with you. And when you conquer, just remember me. That's what she said. Isn't it beautiful? Okay, in the chapter 3, Joshua is telling the Israelites what to do. And the first thing he says is, be what? I want to hear you. Be what? Holy for battle. Okay, guys, sometimes we have to go to battle. We have to do what we have to do outside with our, with our work or whatever challenges we have. This is so important to be holy, to sanctify ourselves. I have seen this many, many times. People get a, get a new job. Somebody gets a new job or an opportunity, a contract. And what they do the weekend before start the thing, they get drunk or they get high. How wrong is that? It's the opposite. You need to be holy for battle because God is going to support you as long as you continue being holy. And now, what happened? Here's Joshua. And as the Levites and the priests and all these people that were the spiritual leaders of Israel said, bring the Ark of the Covenant 
remember the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of, presence of God, right? The, if there is no holiness, there is no presence of God. I don't know what happened to me, Gian, but I really don't hear God. How can you hear God? You are always hearing this music that is disgusting and watch, you are just watching shows that are awful. There is no holiness in your life, buddy. How can you expect God is going to be talking to you, right? The presence of God is not in the presence of people that are doing and watching bad stuff. No, I'm sorry, but no. God is holy. He says, be holy for battle. And when you are holy, the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant is with you. When they passed the Jordan River, what happened? The waters stopped so the people could pass by. You see? You, hold, you get holy and holy every day, sanctified for God, doing what is right. The Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God is going to be with you. You will see miracles in your life. You will see miracles in your life the more sanctified you are. And after that happened, Joshua said, guys, we need to build an altar here. So they, they grabbed rocks, 12 rocks, 12 stones, and they built this altar. You know how wonderful it is that you create your own altars, things that will uh, bring a memory to you of success, things that God has done for you. It's so important. It's so important. It's as important as the pictures of your family. You should have pictures of your family in your house, and I know you do, right? But what about the victories from God? What about those moments when God was with you? I was looking just a few nights ago, a very little photo album that Tracy has there in the room of a trip. Penny and Tony took Tracy to Dallas for some surgery. I couldn't go that time. They helped me. You remember, Penny? And there is an album there in our bedroom with the, the story. You know, when they were in the restaurant, when they were in the hospital, when they were passing a bridge, which Tony is afraid of heights and, that, you know, stuff like that, you know. But those are memories, how God was with you. That is basically what Joshua said. Hey, guys, we need to build these altars, memories. But what happened afterwards? Chapter 5 of Joshua, the Lord visited Joshua directly and spoke to him. Listen, you get sanctified. You do what is right. You honor God. God is going to talk to you. He will tell you exactly what you need to do. You are thinking, I have big challenges. I have big challenges. I really don't know what to do. You don't worry about it. You don't worry about it. You don't need to figure out anything. You know, we are not creators of solutions. Listen to what I just said. We are not creators of solutions. God is the creator of solutions. We don't need to come up with the solution. He will come up with the solution. You need to be holy. Serve him. Worship him. Trust him. Do what is right. Honor him. He will talk to you. He will visit you. You know something special happened to my sister last night. She and I were talking. She is highly impressed with what is happening here in the church. She's very, very thrilled. But we, we haven't had the time to, to talk about her spiritual life. 
I respect that. I try to not intrude, you know. If she wants to talk to me, she will say things to me. Last night was the time. So we sit down. She has a nice bedroom, the guest bedroom in the house, and she's happy. And then the conversation came up. She is not attending church lately. And she said to me, I see the importance of getting back to church. And so we talk about her spiritual life, and she said, basically, that she can see her future getting better and better as she gets closer to God. Did you hear that? Your future gets better and better as you get closer to God. It is. It happens. The Lord will do it. The Lord spoke to Joshua. The Lord will speak to you to give you the solutions. And this is what he says, Joshua chapter 6. The Lord said, defeat Jericho, march around the city once every day for six days. On the seventh day, march seven times, then be loud, then the walls will fall down. The Lord told him exactly what, is, what he needed to do. Okay, now, you know, one thing is to know what to do, and other things is to do it. <laughs> you know, one thing is being aware, okay, I get it. I know what is what the Lord wants me to do, but the other thing is to do it. Now, imagine Joshua is uh, the leader of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. I'm not sure if they were above one million of Israelites at that point. Not all are men, not all are adults, but at least you are talking about a couple of hundred thousands of guys. Guys. Joshua is the leader of all these guys. And this is what he says. Okay, guys. The Lord spoke to me. Yay! Praise the Lord. Yeah. And what he says? Well, he says that we need to go around Jericho. Why? Because he is going to give us that city. Remember, the promise is that we will own all this land. We will conquer the promised land. Do you want to get prosperous? Yeah. Okay, we need to do this. Well, we get that, but why we have to march? Well, it's what he says. And the arguments, the discussions started naturally. You have to picture that as a real thing. Imagine, Ronnie, you talk to your company, to your people, and you tell them, this is what the Lord says. And How many times the Lord has said to us crazy things? Well, honestly, most of the time he says things that are just crazy, hard to believe, right? Most of the time, the things that he says to us are hard to believe and weird things. And we are like, really, Lord? But now this guy has hundreds of thousands of guys listening to him. Come on, guys, we need to march around Jericho. Well, okay. So, and remember, put your uniforms, get your swords, and all kind of spears, and I don't know what kind of outfit, but they need to get the gear. Do you agree? They go there, and then, and they go all the way around Jericho, right? Well, imagine when they are marching, some of the guys, you know how guys are, right? Some of the guys are, you know, no spear, no sword, nothing, just dragging themselves, right? Some are marching, right? And others are just like, you know that happened because not all people are like that. 
But well, anyway, they finished the first lap, the first day, and that was done. And then in the night, they are having dinner, you know, barbecuing, having fun, you know, playing with their phones on Facebook and Twitter and all that, you know. And then the conversation started. Guys, do you know that he wants us to go again tomorrow? You got to be kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Well, why would we want to do that? It was a very difficult challenge to pursue, to convince these guys. Guys, we had to do this. Well, the next day they did it again. The six days, they did it. Some of them are very unhappy. Every night thinking, and tomorrow we march again? Yeah, right. I'm so excited. Yeah, I can't wait. Hey, you, get up. We, we need to go to march. <coughs> yeah. The, you know what? I don't, I don't feel like marching today. I don't feel like marching. <laughs> but they did it, six days. And then the seventh day, here's Joshua. Come on, guys. Seven times today. Oh, my gosh. Really? Seven times? Yeah. They are saying. Why did we just listen? God is with us, right? Right. He's going to give us Jericho, right? Right. So why did we just get the spears, get the swords? You just go and let's defeat them and kill them all. And that's it. God is with us. So what's the big deal? Right. Joshua says, no, we have to do it exactly, repeat that word, please, exactly as God said. You want to see success in your life, do it, what? Exactly as God says. But, but I think I, I can kind of twist it here. I kind of tweak it here. Don't, don't try. Don't try. Just do it exactly as the word says. And you will see what happens. And you know, they did the laps. Imagine in the fifth lap that day, the lazy guys that were there were like, I can't believe. Somebody has some Gatorade there or something? <laughs> right? Hey, hey, can, can you carry my sword for a little while? I'm tired, you know. The spear is heavy. Can we do it between two guys? They finish the fifth, they finish the sixth, and then, guys, get ready. Now we are going to yell, loud, loud. <laughs> they are thinking, really? What's the point? What's the point? I don't see the point. You know, I'm a reasonable man. You know, I have a master's for Harvard, from Harvard. You know, I went to school. I speak five languages. I'm an engineer. Tell me, why do we have to yell? Doesn't make any sense to me. God, listen. God, what you are telling me in your Bible doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> that sounds familiar to you? Yelling? Singing? Lifting up our hands? Doesn't make any sense to me. You get it? And he says, on the seventh day, and on the seventh lap, you are going to yell. And I'm talking a lot. I don't know how long was that thing was. You know, I like to come late to the service because the singing is almost over. <laughs> you know, singing, you know, I'm okay. You know, I can kind of, with the music, right? But I, I don't sing, you know. 
I barely whistle. <laughs> I don't see the point. Really, I don't see the point. Sounds familiar to you? <laughs> it's for all of us. You see, it's for all of us. We need to understand there is power. There is power all together, you know, marching together, ready to battle, preparing ourselves, doing what he says. Worship him is one day per week. 20 minutes singing. You get that? 20 minutes of worship per week. Singing to him, worshiping him. What happened in that time, guys? What happened? The walls fall down. Scientists say that there was a level, some level of decibels or whatever, the sound moved, that that was the reason, is what sound scientists say. Maybe, I don't know. But I know God was the one saying Yell, yell, and you will see what happened. And what, what happened was the, the walls fell down. And then the Israelites came, and the excitement, the excitement. Because listen, you are worshiping God in your heart, in your car, because it's true. You don't have to necessarily be singing here with us on Sunday. You don't have to. You, you have to sing in your heart, okay? We understand that. You're in your car, you know, with your own music, with your own songs that you like, and you are worshiping God in he sees your faith. He sees that you are worshiping him. And then when you see the results of that, when God is moving in your life, you tell me if you don't get excited. You start to see wonderful results and you get excited. You get excited. What that does in your life, that gives you the strength to do the next thing. That's what Israelites did. They went there. They got the sword, the spears, and boom, boom, boom. They kill everybody except one family, Rahab. They fulfill their word. Now, I want to tell you quickly what happened to us. Penny, Tony, and I, Tracy, and I, the four of us, we are praying in the living room. We are praying. This is August 2016. And then the next Sunday, we invited somebody else. So we were six the next Sunday. And then the next Sunday, we invited somebody else, and we were seven or eight. In September, we started the church. We were probably 15, maybe, in a hotel, renting the hotel. One of my friends, pastor in Midland, had a sound system. The speakers were this height, old-fashioned speakers, each one probably 100 pounds. We needed two of those speakers. We bought some microphones. We didn't have much money. Tracy had an old keyboard, a Yamaha, I think, or no. It, it was a Korg keyboard, old one, but worked. And here we are. I mean, it worked. It was it's, nice. It was nice. <laughs> it, was, it was nice. It was okay. I will say it was good. And that is the way that we started the church. And you know what? Every Sunday, we were bringing the sound system and doing the thing. Next thing we know, somebody comes to me and says, um, I noticed that those speakers are kind of, would you like to have a sound system? Duh. 
Yeah. How much that will cost you? And I said, uh, well, if I buy something, I would like something good quality. So how much are you talking about? Uh, maybe 15000 And then he says, all right, here's the check. In one shot, we bought everything we had. Super powerful, great sound system. Praise God. So now we need to carry that thing. So then we bought the, what is the name of that? Trailer. Noah, the trailer. And from my home at 6 a.m., we are carrying that thing all the way through the, to the hotel. It takes us one hour and a half to set up everything, brother. <laughs> you know how that goes. And we set up all the system and all that, and we do our service. And we finished. Brandon helped me so much all the time. Was it, you remember? Good kid. Well, we finished the service, and then everybody is unplugging and unplugging. And I am about to die to see how they are treating my cables and this because I don't, be careful with that cable, please don't. Anyway, so everyone is helping and done. But we are praying, Lord, what do we do now? Next move. And then the Lord said to me, I want you to do a march like Jericho March, around Odessa. Now, in the screen, you see this map of Odessa. And there are 11 stations kind of points there. Well, we started in my home. Saturdays, and the dates are there, from March the 4th through April the 15th, at 1 p.m., we met in the house, and then... We are driving around Odessa, and you see the, the line, the red line around it. Now, I don't know if you see that. I didn't see it. I just drew it because it was needed. And somebody said to me, Gian, that looks like an angel. Okay, well, I was talking with somebody else recently about this and said, well, if you see it on a, in a different angle, it looks like the head of a horse. <laughs> You know, I just thought, that's interesting. Well, anyway, we met. And I put some funny stuff on Facebook like that one. You know, let's go and pray together for one hour, 60 miles. I'm not kidding. Every Saturday for those seven, we did it. We did it. And we are praying and praying. And it's, it's, it was a great time. Well, what happened was that we did it. Like the Lord told us. And, uh, well, we have a, a, a line, a conference line. We call to the conference line. Everybody joins, and we are praying on the phones. On the phones. It was on. really cool how everyone was listening to the prayers and stuff like that. And that picture that you see there with the seven vehicles shows that we did it. Mm -hmm. 2017. <laughs> this is the interesting part. Seven, seven days after that Sunday. Exactly seven days after that, the Lord woke me up in the night and he said to me, get up, go to the computer. I'm going to show you the property that I'm giving you. So I get up and actually I said to the Lord, <laughs> Father, we have done this before. You know the results. And I said, and he says, get up and do what I say. So I get up and I went to the computer, you know, to check online which properties were available. And, uh, and then he showed me this property. So I take a look at the property, and I saw the price, and I'm just thinking, well, we only have $12,000 in the bank account. How can we buy this property? And it was one miracle after one miracle 
the good Lord touch the hearts of people, people that are wonderful to us, and the provision came. Praise God. It was amazing. 5.7 acres, 6 acres pretty much. Now you see there are there four big sections that I have there defined, correct? What is the future of our church, guys? So we have here in this property, in this house, this sanctuary that we can fit 50 people. And we will be comfortably sitting here, 50 of us. But eventually, as we grow, we will have a need for something better. And this is what we're going to do. In those sections that you see in the screen, we are going to have the parking lot on this side and then a sanctuary for 100 people, hoping that in the future we will build a sanctuary for 400 people on that other side of the property. Because the Lord spoke and we obeyed and he does what he says when we do what is right. Ideally, having something like that that you see in the screen, a beautiful sanctuary with a nice lobby and something really, really pretty that you will be comfortable and we will be happy, continue reaching out to people and you will be blessed, right? Let me now show you this video that has the idea of Sanctuary 100. As you can see in this design, this Sanctuary 100 is just a big rectangle and hopefully we will have a good band there, musicians playing and singing. You see myself there? And uh, maybe you see yourself there? <laughs> I saw Penny there. <laughs> Where you say? 100 people. Well, the idea is to have something nice that we will be comfortable. And of course, this house will be only for kids at, this, at that point. And of course, the office, right? All right. You see people there greeting the ones uh, that are coming in. You will see there the sound system and the technicians, hopefully, working with the computers and cameras and all that. One step at a time. And Tracy is there singing. <laughs> all right. In the name of the Lord. Now, what is what we know? You can prepare your horses for battle, but only the Lord can give you the victory. We, we do our part. You need to do your part with your business, with your career. Students, students, attention. You need to prepare yourselves for the victory in the school. Sometimes the students think the Lord is going to bless me. Mama, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me for my tests. And I say, yes, but before I pray, did you study? <laughs> you prepare yourself for the battle. And then you will have the victory. From this story of Jericho's walls, I want to share with you four important lessons, guys. 
You know that Joshua couldn't do what he did without the great example of Moses. And what is what Joshua saw in Moses, guys? First of all, he saw a man of integrity. Integrity. Honesty. Devotion to God and love. You need to have those examples in your life. Listen, I'm not saying that you are going to get rid of your bad friends. I'm not saying that because you don't do that. But certainly you need to get closer to people that give you a better example in your life. You have to. And how do you manage this thing between you interested in having mentors and people with good examples in your life and your other friends? Well, when you are with good examples, you learn that person becomes your mentor. You try to get all the possible good things you can get from this person, right? And when you are with your other friends, you try to be the good example for them. You don't tell them, I don't want to be with you because you this and this and that. No, no, no. You still hang out with them, but you become a good example for them. All right? That's the first lesson that we learn from, from this story. Moses, obviously, was a great example for, for Joshua. You need to find your Moses. And you need to become a Joshua. A warrior. A leader. Somebody that will make an impact in the life of the community. Second thing. You must recognize special opportunities. One day Moses says, Joshua, come here please. I would like to speak with you. What is what uh, Joshua did? He came because he recognized the opportunity. So you have to be grateful. In your company, you work with somebody and perhaps there is somebody that is very knowledgeable about something. And this person calls you and says, hey, come here, I want to talk to you. And you go there and you say, what's up? Well, you know, I noticed that you, you are smart and you probably would like to learn more about these things. I would like to show you how to operate this equipment. I would like to show you how to do this and that. Especially young people, you need to learn from the ones that know. That's your job. That's your job. Learn. Recognize those special opportunities and be grateful. And the second thing is you have to learn to be loyal. You have to be loyal. Imagine Joshua. He's with Moses, right? <coughs> Joshua! Yes, sir. He comes. Joshua, you see, I noticed uh, that you are really good. I noticed that uh, you're smart. You have potential. I would like to invest time with you. I would like you to, to become a protege. And I would like to be your mentor. What do you think, Joshua? Oh, that would be great, Moses. That would be great. Okay. So I'm going to teach you certain things. So Moses teaches him certain things. And then Joshua thinks, well, you know what? I think I got everything that I can get from all this old guy. After all, he's too old, you know? I think I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to start my own tribe now. People of Israel, you know, Moses is too old. Let's take off. Let's do our own thing. No. You need to be loyal. Young people, learn to be loyal. 
loyal to those that are teaching you good things in your, in your companies. And you must be sincere. Must be sincere. Third important lesson. You need to be trained, equipped, and prepared. How do you do that? How can you be able to, to learn things? Well, the first thing, you must learn to listen. Have, have you noticed that sometimes you are talking to somebody and this person is looking at you, but in reality is not listening to you? Okay, even if, if even right now, as I'm speaking, as I'm speaking, I wonder, are you really listening to what I'm saying? Or you are in Jupiter? You are just thinking of your lunch or... Do you understand what I'm saying? Even in moments like this, when you should have your undivided attention in God's word, it's possible that you are not learning because you are not listening. You see? Because in order to understand, first of all, you have to listen. You will not be able to understand anything if you don't learn to listen. And obviously, in order to listen, you have to shut up. Simple as that. When it's the time to listen, you don't speak. Young people, when your parents, your teachers, your mentors, your supervisors are talking, you don't talk. You shush. You listen. Because there is when the wisdom is going to come. You're going to learn from them. Once you listen, you will be able to understand. People that are older than you have so much to offer. So much to offer. I don't know how you feel about going out and meeting with old people. I personally love it for one simple reason. If they have more years of experience in life, they have so much that they can teach me. And I love that. And of course, understanding. There is a time to ask questions. You are listening. You write your notes. You have doubts about something. Then you ask the question. How do you do that? Fourth lesson. You plan your work and you work your plan. Okay, the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, this is what I want you to do, Joshua. And the Lord gave him the plan. So you have your plan. The Lord spoke to you. Now is the time to work your plan. Because when God tells you that he will do something, if you do something, he will support you. Do you want the support of God in your life? You know, the, the help of God comes always in the right time. Do you agree with that statement? The blessing of God always comes in the perfect time. In the perfect moment. Always. The right person in the right time. The right door in the perfect moment. The money exactly when you needed it. The solution exactly when you didn't find anything else. Because he is God. He will do that. But it's possible that somebody doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Perhaps you, my friend, watching, 
you don't have a relationship with God and, and you are wondering how can you start that relationship it, it is very simple open your heart to God like we do here in the church we open our heart and we say a prayer like the one on the screen dear God you are really awesome you Lord are just wonderful thank you for sending your son Jesus to set me free to save my life I confess before, before you that I have sinned I am so sorry, Lord. Please forgive me for all my sins. I open my heart to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I surrender to you. I'm ready to receive the challenges you want me to overcome in the name of Jesus. Don't be frightened, my friends, for 2020. He did it in 2019. He will do it again in 2020. Even better. Let's all declare. I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. Therefore, I can also declare my life is going to be great and blessed in 2020. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for coming up to church today. Receive the blessing from the Lord God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. May the peace of God, healing, and restoration come to you. Enjoy your family and friends and happy new year everybody. Anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight. Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served. I know, I know, I know, I know. We appreciate so much your time invested with Victory Church in Odessa, Texas.